just in time for summer, the folks at Epic Brewing have released a new canned cocktail, the Utah Margarita. A delicious blend of real lime and agave, the Utah Margarita is ready to drink by the river or in the park. And here's the kicker, no need to buy it at a liquor store. Pick up a six-pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or visit Epic Brewing on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. The temps are dropping and people want to know, what is Salt Lake's winter homelessness plan? Plus, downtown may be in for a bold redesign. Lead producer Emily Means joins me to round up the news and share picks of the week. It's Friday, October 20th. I'm Ali Bayarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Lead producer Emily Means, before we get into the news of the week, we have a little note for listeners. A little note. Um, we want to first thank everyone who has already become a founding member of CityCast Salt Lake. We recently launched this membership program as a way to continue to support what we're doing here at CityCast, which I consider community-based journalism, Allie. Yep. So it's so cool to see how many people have already signed up uh, and have invested in this program. The long and short of it is this. If you like this show, if you love tuning in on Fridays to hear Emily and I break down the news, if you love the variety of episodes that we offer and you want to support this work, we are asking you to join our membership program. We would love it if you joined our membership program. It includes ad-free listening. Um, but the, the most important thing that it does is it helps us continue to do this work in this community yep. that we love, that you love. That's why we're all here. And it also kind of deepens our relationship with you because it, it takes this listener, uh, host, producer relationship that we're all in kind of to the next level, you guys. So let's escalate. Let's escalate the friendship. Become a CityCast Salt Lake member. You can visit us at membership.citycast.fm to join. I will also put a link in the show notes. And thank you. Seriously, thank you so much. Thank you. All right, Emily... Listen, the days have been pretty sunny and gorgeous, but the nights are getting chilly. And it's that time of year when I walk around downtown Salt Lake City, there's a nip in the air. And I wonder what the plan is to keep mm -hmm. people who are unsheltered warm this winter. Emily, you've been looking into this. What can you tell us about Salt Lake's plan for sheltering folks this winter? Here's what I learned, Allie, and it really is something that we're discussing basically every year now for the past, I don't know, five or so years. And oftentimes, I feel like we're falling short. Mm. And that's something that you and I have discussed before. Like, it's too little too late. And this year, I feel differently, which is pretty exciting. So okay. this week, the winter shelter programs have opened up at least at some level. Uh, when all, when everything's said and done, there are supposed to be 600 beds available this winter, 600 extra overflow beds. Now, we are not there just yet. But right now, what we do have is a handful of facilities that have fully opened up or are slowly opening up their overflow beds. So uh, St. Vinny's, which is in downtown Salt Lake City, 
opened up 65 beds. Those are only available overnight. But looking at some of the other facilities we have, uh, the three homeless resource centers that are in Salt Lake County, those are slowly but surely opening up additional beds. And people will be able to stay all day there. Mm. When everything is said and done, that will be 175 additional beds at those HRCs. So that's something that we've seen in the past year as well. Uh, We call this the HRCs like flexing their capacity to accommodate more people. But yeah, we're seeing that again this year. Do you have any questions at this point? Yeah, I do. Is 600 (laughs) beds a lot or a little? I feel like I don't really know what that number means compared to the number of people we need to house. 600 beds is, I think, pretty damn good, especially compared to last year when we were looking at about half of that. Okay. Maybe a little more than half. So... Yeah, I mean, the feeling from state, city, county officials is that if all of these beds are open up, that should accommodate basically everyone who is looking for a bed. I mean, last winter was pretty terrible for us, right? Yeah. Like, it was cold, it was wet, and... We lost there lives. We're not... Yeah, we lost lives. There were not enough resources. And um, it was so bad that later on in the winter, uh, Salt Lake City Mayor Aaron Mendenhall, Mill Creek Mayor Jeff Silvestrini, South Salt Lake Mayor Cherie Wood, they all launched an emergency order to further expand the the beds that were available. So we've kind of accounted for that at this point in the season. And I think that's pretty remarkable. Well, and there was that church on 2nd and 2nd that was also doing the quote-unquote movie nights, which offered almost an overflow space for people to sleep on really, really cold days. Are there changes to how we're going to be addressing extreme temperatures this winter? Didn't the legislature pass something that like gives us more flexibility on extreme cold days? Yes, you are exactly right about that, Allie. So last winter, the Second and Second Coalition, that's what they called themselves, a grassroots group of grassroots organizers and advocates pulled this together along with the Second South Methodist Church to basically shelter 80 people Mm -hmm. on those very, very cold nights. And this year, the legislature actually wrote that into law as being an option for folks. Uh, We call it code blue. And so basically, when we reach a certain temperature, and I'm not sure what that is. Um, freezing, maybe, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit above freezing. Mm-hmm. Um, these different like facilities, churches, they'll be able to open up and shelter people, get people off the streets on those very cold days. And there has been funding appropriated for that in Salt Lake County's winter overflow shelter plan. Okay. So that's something we could see. Um, that feels like a real true emergency situation. But, you know, like we saw last year, it was really cold. Yeah. I just looked up the temp and it's 15 degrees Fahrenheit or below. That's what will trigger a code blue, which could be declared by the Utah Department of Health and Human Services. So, I mean, 15 degrees Fahrenheit or below, that is wicked cold. I mean, that is really cold, like painfully cold. So we could potentially see that this winter as well. I did want to note there are a few other options that will be coming online. The West Valley Emergency Shelter is planning to open around November 1st. And this is pretty big. I don't think we've ever seen a shelter in West Valley before. Um, That will have 170 beds and it will be open 24-7. And the exciting thing about that alley is, remember when we had the Mill Creek shelter last winter 
and people had to be bused back and forth. Like once the night was over, you're headed back to Salt Lake City. And that was unsustainable and sad and just like not helpful. And so I think it's really important that this shelter will be open 24-7. So we're not moving people around once they wake up in the morning. So that's pretty big. Yeah, I mean, most of the services that people need to access are downtown. So I'm sure there'll still be people that want to get downtown, but it's not going to be like, sun's up, you're out of here kind of vibe, which is almost inhumane. Yeah. Yeah. No one likes that. So yeah, those are just like a handful of things that we're looking at this winter. Can you give me the quick skinny on this temporary community shelter, aka the sanctioned camp? Is that going to be online in time for winter? Because those tents are supposed to be heated, right? Mm, I'm really glad you asked about that, Allie. So the temporary shelter community in Salt Lake City, this is our pilot sanctioned camping program. We've never seen anything like this before in Utah. And that is something they're hoping to open. Uh, what is it? It's October. It's it's almost the end of October. Yeah. They're looking to open that in November. Uh, yeah, that will have 50 beds. And I did want to get an update on this, Allie. So I asked Salt Lake City Homelessness Policy Director Andrew Johnston, like where we're at on that, yeah. because I feel like it's a pretty quick turnaround. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says that some work has been done to that site. This site is right downtown Salt Lake City. It's right by the uh, the UTA Uh, Salt Lake City Central Station, um, kind of right behind the Rio Grande Depot there. And so they're working on the site there. The state is in charge of a couple of things, though, and that is procuring these pods is kind of what we're calling them. They're, you know, they're a little more hefty than than just a camping tent. They should be heated and air conditioned. There will be some other services there. But The state is procuring those pods, and the state is also in charge of finding a provider for this temporary shelter community. And, Allie, they were supposed to announce that this week, but that's been postponed. Wait, by provider, you mean, like, the nonprofit or community organization that will be facilitating day-to-day operations? Exactly. Whoever is running this temporary shelter community, and from what I've heard... You know, there have been a handful of local organizations who applied to run the temporary shelter community. Mm -hmm. Unsheltered Utah is one of them. Nomad Alliance is one of them. Um, I've also heard there are some out-of-state providers who applied, but I'm not Uh, sure which. And I'm not sure what direction they're headed because uh, the announcement has been postponed. So to me, that kind of seems like the key part in all of this is that we need someone to run the temporary shelter community. Who's going to do it? When are we going to get them in place? Right. Well, I will say to anyone listening who has a lot of questions about what a sanctioned camp could, should, or will look like in Salt Lake City, we have an upcoming show. We talked just yesterday with a reporter from Denver about how Denver's sanctioned camping program is going. And that's relevant to us because we've been told by Salt Lake City electeds that this sanctioned camp in Salt Lake City is being in many ways modeled after the program in Denver. So that is upcoming. So more more answers on that, or at least a little bit more illumination on that um, coming up next week for you. 
Yeah, for sure. That's a good plug, Allie. And I did want to mention one more thing about the temporary shelter community. So this is something that Mayor Mendenhall has posed as really a partnership with the State Office of Homelessness Services on. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, what we're doing here in Salt Lake City is supposed to be phase one. And then that is supposed to funnel into a more permanent type of program that the state is really spearheading. Um, But in terms of the investment Salt Lake City is making in this program, just this week, the Salt Lake City Council approved another $1 million for the temporary shelter community. And that's on top of the $500,000 that they had appropriated in their budget. So that money is now going into a holding account. And those funds can't be released unless the city council releases those funds. But I'm just really interested to see how much Salt Lake City actually ends up investing in this program. 1.5 million taxpayer dollars for 50 beds is, seems like a lot. Seems like a lot, but I'm, you know, I don't know, Allie. I know. (laughs) I'm just like, we also need to get it done. And we need them now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We need them now. Yeah. Okay. Emily, thank you for looking into all of this. I do want to say, I think when we talk about homelessness in Salt Lake City, it's really easy to feel frustrated and dismayed and defeated. And so what I want to offer some of our listeners is some calls to action right now. If you want to do something, right? Like it's the big like, what do we do kind of question. So Terina, our newsletter editor, actually had in the newsletter this week a event that Unsheltered Utah is putting on that is this weekend. They are, of course, a grassroots nonprofit organization, local nonprofit organization that is trying to meet the needs of our unsheltered neighbors. So they're doing this outreach event on Sunday, this Sunday, October 22nd. There are a lot of different ways that you can help out from like donating supplies, like heavy blankets, they need tents, dog food, toiletries, camp fuel, you name it, to volunteering to sort through supplies or donating food, preparing food, serving food. This is all laid out really nicely in the newsletter. I'm going to link it in the show notes for you. Um, But just know they are still looking for volunteers. Um, It's pretty easy to get involved and get assigned here. So if you want to spend this Sunday um, kind of putting your hands to work around this issue, that's a great great option. Another thing that's coming up that, Emily, you know that I'm obsessed with is the annual point in time count. That will be this January. It is, in short, the annual government sort of backed census of homeless people everywhere across the nation. But it's up to counties to facilitate the count and the census taking. It's a middle of the night, three night in a row. You know, I'll be honest, it's a pretty intense, pretty demanding form of volunteerism. But it is so, so important because when we think about the kind of resources that our county, which I mean, our county is our continuum of care when we think about homelessness. Of course, we often talk about Salt Lake City because downtown is where a lot of our services are located and it's where we see people. But in terms of the federal government's relationship with this issue in Salt Lake, the county is the conduit. And so they're looking for volunteers to do the count. Last year, we put the call out and asked CityCast listeners to help out. And I was kind of mesmerized by how many folks reached out to get signed up. 
Um, I am happy to share a little bit more with you about what this looks like. I've been doing it for a couple of years now. The information that's gathered on these three nights in January in Salt Lake County directly linked to determining what kinds of resources we get for this issue. Federal funding, right? So to keep it easy, I'm just going to say, if this sounds like something you're interested in learning more about, you can just send an email to saltlake at citycast.fm, and I will reply and send you more information and, and a little bit on how to get signed up. If you do want to just like have a link to follow, we'll drop that in the show notes, but I'm not going to say it now because it's kind of long and links don't make for great we'll audio. keep it easy. <laughs> so anyway, those are two, two opportunities. Did I miss anything, Emily? There's always something going on, but I think those are two great ways to get involved. And I know a lot of people do want to do some sort of volunteerism, especially around the holidays, um, but just know that there's, there's always something happening. You just need to look around, and we're happy to offer you those opportunities when we find them. The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th, and this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court, and this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. We talk a lot on this show about our city's crown jewels. What are the institutions that open doors in our community and regulate its pulse? I choose Salt Lake Community College, and it is a home for incredibly focused Salt Lakers. Nearly 80% of their students work while going to school, many full-time jobs. If I could do college all over again, I would not be 33 and sitting on these damn student loans. And slick students aren't. 80% graduate with little to no student loan debt or save thousands knocking out credits before transferring to a four-year institution. Every day, Salt Lake Community College is transforming lives and communities through education. If you want to learn something new, refine a trade, or pursue a higher degree for the first time, explore your options at slcc.edu. Study alongside hard workers, save precious money, and be one in a class of 19, not 100. All right. Speaking of emailing me, <laughs> I don't know about you, Emily Means, 
But anywhere between 1,000 and 1 million people sent me a podcast episode this week that Uh. aired (laughs) last Friday from Vox called America's Most Successful Downtown? Question mark. Who is it? Who is it? It is Salt Lake City, Utah, according to reporters at Vox. Of course, they make a show that, frankly, if you are a Daily CityCast Salt Lake listener, I kind of recommend it as like a national companion piece to our show. It's called Today Explained. I would say it's kind of like the Daily from the New York Times, but like a little bit less... A little more cash. Buttoned up. A little, cash. A little less stiff. <laughs> like, um, and so... In short, I mean, what this podcast episode was about is that all over the country, downtowns are trying to figure out how to recover from the damage of the pandemic. Of course, like people have in many ways stopped commuting to work. Like a lot of these small businesses in America's downtowns were struggling to get people in the door. Like, I mean, the list goes on and on. And one of the cities in the country that has shown the most promise in getting folks back downtown and bouncing back is Salt Lake City, Utah. And so they sent a reporter here to do a, frankly, a little bit of parachute reporting about our city. (laughs) We always bristle at that. Yes. And there was an interesting stat in there that has been making the rounds that is fascinating, which is downtown Salt Lake City has built more housing since 2020 than downtown New York City, than Manhattan. Yeah. And the host gasped at that. But when I heard that, I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like, we probably have way more, way more room here than New York City. Yeah, we have the space. (laughs) We have huge lots. Like, it actually makes perfect sense. Um, We probably are on a trajectory to keep doing that, given that you can now build higher and higher downtown. But there were a couple things about this podcast episode that I thought were interesting. Of course, they wanted to be good reporters and touch on some of the challenges to our growing downtown and some of the obstacles that we face. And the big one that came up was the existential threat of the crisis at the shrinking Great Salt Lake. Mm -hmm. One that did not come up is homelessness. I thought that was interesting. Um, Actually, Ali, when I listen to this podcast... I thought they did a pretty solid job, especially compared to other national outlets who've come in and, you know, they fail to mention the Great Salt Lake at all. Mm -hmm. They spell Utahan wrong, and that just pisses me off. (laughs) Um, But I feel like they generally talk to the right people about the right issues. But yes, notably, no mention of homelessness. Mm -hmm. And when this podcast episode aired all over Twitter, I saw people sharing this and being like, well, former Mayor Rocky Anderson, who's running for re-election, is not going to want to hear this podcast because his whole thing has been like, well, downtown is a mess. You know, crime is rampant and there are people everywhere. There's feces on the street. Businesses are leaving. So, you know, I can't help but look at this from a political lens and see how... uh, Mm-hmm. This podcast episode is probably pretty good for Mayor Aaron Mendenhall. Yeah. It was also really good timing because right now Salt Lake City is thinking a lot about downtown and what the future mm-hmm. of downtown is. And on that note, something I would like to talk about today, <laughs> I've gathered you all here today to discuss the Second Century Plan. <laughs> so basically in 1962... 
a bunch of Salt Lake City stakeholders, architects and planners and people that cared a lot about this city, got together and were like, we need a plan for downtown Salt Lake because we've got these huge lots, we've got like these wide streets, how does it connect to other things? How do we get people here? Um, and they were kind of trying to solve the problem of making mm-hmm. downtown feel viable and I'm gonna throw out this word, cozy. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Um, cozy. And so they laid this vision for downtown called the Second Century Plan. And the goal was that this plan would be enacted by 1985. Oh, it didn't happen, right? But like, here are some of the things that it proposed. A modern government complex near the end of downtown. They did that, check, right? Um, City Creek Park extended towards downtown, programmed with a planetarium. Mm -hmm. Close. The planetarium's just a couple blocks away, right? Planetarium used to be even closer, too, though, Allie, to uh, City Creek Park. That's true. Yeah. So maybe they checked that one off. Mm -hmm. They wanted a transportation center and a farmer's market. I mean, in some ways, this is all really happening. Not bad. But one of the things that's in the plan that did not get executed is, and here's a quote, Main Street should become a street where pedestrians have right away all of the time. People give life, vitality, and excitement to any city's downtown. Their needs and desires must be the dominant factor in any plan for the future. Wow. Uh, our forefathers and mothers were so <laughs> wise. <laughs> so Salt Lake City has been running with that idea And looking at ways to make Main Street a pedestrian paradise, a pedestrian promenade, which we've talked about in the past on this show. Basically, can we have open streets forever? Of course, open streets was a program that came out of the pandemic where Main Street was closed to cars on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And the idea was that businesses could spill out into the road. There were all kinds of activations. Like, let's create this sort of promenade. Let's get people onto Main Street and figure out how to activate here in more exciting ways. And to, frankly, make it safer. Because, like, you know, when you've got folks, like, running across the road and the tracks is moving and there's cars going and it can be a lot. So Salt Lake City has been collecting feedback. They've been working with consultants. And they now have a series of proposals. What could it look like to close Main Street to cars, either in part or in full, and offer it up as a pedestrian paradise? And where you come in, listeners, is that they want you to vote on them, which is really fun. I mean, I don't know. I just like voting I think on things. It's, fun. it's You like surveys, so. Yeah, I, and I like <laughs> judging stuff. And it's like you just get to judge all these things and pick your favorite. So the proposals range. So we're looking at South Temple to 4th South Main Street. The proposals range from close this sucker off, not just to cars, but to cars and bikes and scooters all the time. Feet only, right? Wheelchairs only. Two, let's have cars maybe just on weekdays. Or let's have half the street be only for pedestrians and half the street be for cars. So you can vote on like what kind of looks the most interesting or appealing to you. It takes literally like 45 seconds. The survey doesn't ask for any personal information, which is awesome. There's also proposals for the section of First South between Main Street and like the Salt Palace. I never thought about that. I did not know redesigning that was on the table, but maybe I just wasn't reading 
comprehensively. You didn't read the staff report. (laughs) But there are proposals for that, too. And like one of them that's kind of cool is like, well, what if we made that section of the street one way and then we filled in like three quarters of the street with a park, basically, like a pedestrian park? Cool. Okay, Allie, doesn't that make you think, though, that we can change anything in this city? Like, we don't have to live this way. You know, there are options. There are so many options, and we haven't even thought of them. Listen, this comes back to one of my favorite quotes of all time, which was said by Tracy on uh, 30 Rock which is this scene where he is sitting on a park bench and he's having a terrible day. And the park bench is in New York City and it's next to a trash can and there's this bird on the ground and it's picking at this like piece of trash, like this old French fry next to the trash can. And Tracy says, Pigeon, why are you picking at that dirty old French fry? Don't you know you can fly? (laughs) In Salt Lake City, sometimes I'm like, are we the pigeon? (laughs) We can fly! Wow. We can fly. We I mean, can look fly. at. I think the city is trying more and more to prove that the status quo does not need to be the status quo in the way we've designed our city. I mean, with the uh, what did they call that? The program, the green loop. Yeah, the green loop where we turned turned a block into a park. Why like, not? Like we can do anything with this city. Why not? Let's dream get big, it. baby. Let's get Let's it. Get it. So anyway, take the survey. The link is <laughs> the link is mainslc.com. That's an easy one. We're also going to put it in the show notes. Boy, these show notes are going to be brimming today. Um, mainslc.com. You have until the end of the month to take the survey. Make your coworkers take the survey. Gather everyone around the computer and take the survey. Vote for the city you want. Listen to me. Vote for the city you want. Seriously. If this sounds cool, if you're listening to this and you're like, that sounds so cool, and then you don't go and vote for the cool thing, I'm going to never forgive you. (laughs) Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, Emily, before we get out of here, let's do pick of the week. What is your pick of the week? Ooh, mine is a food pick. Of course. Uh, this week I got dinner from a place called Cafe Mamai. It was originally a food truck that was launched by the Spice Kitchen Incubator, which is a project from the International Rescue Committee to help refugees start food businesses. Okay. It's African Caribbean fusion, plantains, chicken, rice, sauce, like this sort of vibe. Yeah. Delicious. Mm -hmm. And they just opened a brick and mortar location on Gallivan Avenue. So we've got a new downtown restaurant. Go check it out. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that's fun. I love that. That's my pick. Okay. What's your pick? My pick this week is going to the opera, the ballet, the symphony, The fancy things that we think of as being, I think, for rich old people, they're actually for everyone. I had a bit of a revelation. (laughs) On Sunday, I went to the Utah Opera, 
which is performed at the Capitol Theater, which is just one of our like crown jewels of our city. I think that is a gorgeous theater inside and out. And I went with producer Ivana Martinez and we saw La Boheme, which I guess I forgot that like all operas are tragedies, basically. Whoops. It's kind of sad, but it's beautiful and fun and like funny. And we were sitting there and I got to say, I couldn't help but notice that the audience was not super reflective of Salt Lake City. It was a much older audience. I mean, granted, it was a Sunday matinee. It was a much older audience. And I was kind of thinking, you know, our tickets, we had really good seats, like really good seats, even though there's no bad seat in there, I think. And our tickets were like 40 bucks. And I was like, this is for everyone. Like, why isn't everyone here? The opera, I think we think of as being stuffy and the ballet and the symphony. Like, they're these like stuffy sort of institutional things. And I think that's just like simply not true. I mean, there's a reason that people have been enjoying these forms of art for centuries, right? They're awesome. They're so cool. Like opera singers are crazy talented. Yeah. The symphony, our symphony, the Utah Symphony is it's one of my greatest pleasures mm-hmm. living in Salt Lake City. This is where I take myself out on a date. Yeah. Like I get all dressed up, I go to the symphony, I have a cocktail after. Yep. And it's just a great time. Also, pro tip, if you are a student And I think if you're under 30, Mm -hmm. you get a discount. You get a discount. And so you should take advantage of that and absolutely enjoy these world-class art offerings we have here. Yeah. Dracula. Ballet West is doing Dracula. It starts today and runs through October 28th. What a fun way to celebrate Halloween. According to the website, there will be flying vampires. <laughs> so I saw this ballet last year and it's effing lit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I believe it's effing it. lit. I believe it. <laughs> um, yeah. The These tickets, they're not cheap, but they're not jazz game prices, right? Like this is something that you could do. Take a friend, get dressed up, go downtown. Like this is for everyone. Everyone should be in the audience. You deserve it. Act like you own the Hell place. Yeah. Call someone darling. <laughs> All right, Emily, I hope you have a fantastic weekend and I'll see you on Monday. See you Monday, Allie. That is all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Our lead producer is Emily Means. Our producer is Ivana Martinez. Our newsletter editor is Terina Ria and our host is me, Ali Vallarta. Music is by the local band Mitochondria, and we use music from all the kimonos when we feel like it. We will be back Monday morning with more from around the city. Have a great weekend. 